Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Hello, and welcome to the Hanksy Panksy Patreon. You're listening to this because you gave us money. I assume it was not a good choice for you. <laughs> However, we really appreciate that you did. Uh, this month, uh, we are watching What's Up, Doc? Because, Tuck, you picked it. And <laughs> and you're the only one. Uh, so it is 1972's What's Up, Doc? Um, yeah, Luke, how was your watch? Well, first, I am Luke Patrick. I am a plaid overnight bag. Um, I'm Sam Siegel, and I am a different but exactly the same looking overnight bag yes yes um and i am the other dumb idiot um sam so full disclosure we just finished our record for doom for Mm -hmm. the uh regular podcast um and then we immediately slammed this movie down right down our gullets right down our gullets and then started this record so sam um i feel like it was a whirlwind like I don't know. There were briefcases, or sorry, there were overnight bags. Uh, Barbara mm-hmm. Streisand was here. Ryan O'Neill. I ate some food. Some Chinese leftovers were involved at some point. Ooh. Um, what, uh, what'd you have? General General Sow's chicken. Okay. Uh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, and some leftover rice. So it all just kind of mixed together into this big, wonderful fruit salad. Um, mm-hmm. And then it ended all of a sudden. So. Yes. Uh, I am still dealing with it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Still trying to come to grips with it. Sam, how is your watch? Uh, well, I watched it my computer uh, because uh, Kenna was not interested in this one. Uh, frankly, I think she just heard that it was in 1972 and she said, nope. <laughs> so, uh, so I just watched upstairs at the computer. Uh, it's very cold up here. Uh, and I, I ate my lunch uh, and, and watched the movie, and uh, yeah, here I am. Nice. It was a, it was a nice time. Uh, lunch was good. There's some peanut butter crackers and an orange, a couple maple cookies, and some of those uh, Quaker uh, cheesy like rice puff things, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man, man, those are fucking good. Yeah, man. Oh. Little ricey bastards. Oh, God. That Quaker bastard. He mm-hmm. can get it. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds like a pretty pleasant watch, all things considered. Yeah, it was, it was not too bad. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. I know what's coming next, and I'm so scared of it, Sam. Luke, I think... Mm-hmm. You know what? I, so, I'm trying to remember what we typically do. So, we do the intro. <laughs> um, you bastard. 
And then, and then usually we talk about our watch. Sometimes we we tweet at the person in question. Though this is the Patreon, so so we don't tweet. Mm-hmm. And then the the thing that comes next, oh. the th- it's not the final quote. That's at the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. so the next one, it's the plot. Luke, can you give me the plot for this one? Holy shit, talk. Tuck, <laughs> you know how impossible it is to give a plot. There's a whole scene in this movie at the end when the judge asks, can anybody sum up what happened in a couple sentences? And Actually, Luke, uh-huh. may I try? Would you oh, please take this burden from off my shoulders, Sam? In, in okay. a Patreon twist, Sam is going to deliver the plot this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best here. <clears throat> <clears throat> me 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 me. Okay, so uh, the movie starts and it's a guy picking up a plaid overnight bag. Yep. Uh, at the airport, he is followed by another man. So they're kind of following each other around the city, and then we cut to Barbara Streisand, who uh, is distracting every man in the same zip code uh, because she's a she's a looker, uh, and she also has. A plaid overnight bag. Yes. Then we cut to Ryan O'Neill and Madeline Kahn, who are engaged, and Madeline no. Uh actually wait, does Madeline have a plaid overnight bag or is that no. just Ryan O'Neill? There's a fourth bag involved, and I have no idea where it came from. I know where that one did. Anyway, Ryan O'Neill has a plaid overnight bag full of igneous rocks that he hits with a tuning fork because he's a musicologist Mm -hmm. uh, from Ames, Iowa, and his research is whether prehistoric man used the resonance tones of uh, igneous rocks to basically create music. So, he's in town for a conference to get a big grant. He goes to this hotel. Babs walks into the hotel. The spy guy and the other spy guy also walk into this hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. Madeline Kahn tells Ryan O'Neill kind of what to do, and then also an old lady with another, the fourth, plaid overnight bag checks into the hotel. This bag, it's full of jewelry. Mm-hmm. She goes up to her room. Ryan O'Neill runs into Babs. Babs pretends to be his wife. He, she isn't his wife. Uh, she calls him Steve, which is never explained. <laughs> not, not once is that explained. Then we go up to their rooms, uh, Babs orders a sandwich. Uh, there's uh, a guy who is working with the front desk guy at the hotel who's trying to steal the jewels from the bag. Uh, and, and they're all in the same hallway on the 17th floor of this hotel. So we get a little bit of the old, like, you know, oh, people in this room trying to get in that room. And, yeah. you know, a lot of, like sort of a Scooby-Doo situation in yeah. all honesty. Or like the, uh, the Fraser Cabin episode. Um, yes, very yeah. much like that. Then uh, we cut to uh, there's the actual like banquet uh, where uh, Ryan O'Neill meets the guy in charge of the the grant. Uh, Babs comes down, pretends to be his fiance. She wines and dines people. Everyone loves her. Randy Quaid is there. And uh, who is Randy Quaid? Because I saw him in the intro and I was like, fuck, Randy Quaid is in this. Where is he? Okay, do you remember the guy with the really curly like kind of light brown blonde hair who has like a real country accent yes is that our man randy quaid 
That's Randy Quaid. Oh, the Quaidster's brother, Randy Quaid. Yep. Looks okay. real different than he does in his sex tape. <laughs> yes, he does. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the plot. I oh, know no, how dangerous fine. that is. Oh, you're absolutely fine. So we're at the uh, we're at the banquet, and then there's another guy who's Croatian, who's also vying for this grant. He's a real piece of shit. Babs is really mean to him. It's phenomenal. Uh, the guy in charge of the grant really loves Babs, uh, and and so Ryan O'Neill is looking like a lock for this grant. Then Ryan O'Neill goes back up to his room. Babs is taking a bath in there. Uh, basically, everyone starts switching rooms. Bags get moved from room to room to room mm-hmm. to room to room. Uh, and then uh, through sort of a cartoon-esque series of uh, foibles, uh, Ryan O'Neill's room catches fire. Everything in it breaks. Uh, and then we cut to the morning. He's kicked out of the hotel. Uh, and then... Uh, he finds out that he actually got the grant and that he's been invited to a party at the grant owner's house. Mm-hmm. He and Babs goes there. Uh, Babs tricks uh, Madeline Kahn, who again is Ryan O'Neill's fiance, into going to a false other address where uh, the guy working for the front desk clerk is exchanging the bag that he thinks is full of jewels but isn't uh, for money from some mobsters. Yeah. So Madeline Kahn goes out to the docks, gets kidnapped by these mobsters, and then Ryan O'Neill goes to the, the, like, congratulations brunch or whatever, uh, and he's having a good time there. Then the spy busts in, and he's like, give me that fucking briefcase. And then the spy who's tracking the spy bursts in, and he's like, no, give me those fucking briefcases. Then the mobsters come in, and they're like, hey, hold the fuck on. We have four briefcases. Yeah. Uh, a fight ensues. There's some gunfire. And then uh, Ryan O'Neill and Babs grab all four briefcases and run outside. They steal a bicycle, like a delivery bicycle. Uh, they put all the bags in it. And then they ride around. There's a car chase. Uh, there's three cars uh, and the bicycle. They're going throughout the city of San Francisco. Uh, there's all kind of fun shit like that. And then... Uh, they all end up driving into uh, San Francisco Bay. Then they're all arrested. Then they go to court. They have to explain the whole thing to the judge, who is very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the judge turns out to be Babs's dad, uh, Yentl. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Babs has to go to college, and Ryan O'Neill doesn't get the grant because of all the damages but does get a twenty thousand dollar reward from the lady with the jewelry but then she nickel and dimes and is out of it because of all the damages so then uh he only gets like 10 bucks and then uh the other guy uh the croatian guy is found to be a fraud because babs knows a lot of things mm-hmm. and uh the grant is taken away from the croatian guy given to ryan o'neill ryan o'neill goes on the plane finds out that he's in love with babs babs is also on the plane to go study with him they make out end of the movie god damn dude that was an immaculate taint to tip reproduction <sighs> of the entire plot of this movie well, I'm tired, so that's going to be the end of the podcast. Uh, thanks, Tuck, uh, for that one. Um, yeah. We'll see you next month. Mm-hmm. Good end of Patreon episode. Um, 
Damn, dude, I'm impressed. Cause usually I just try to I try to give shades, shades mm-hmm. and sh- shapes and colors of the plot. And what you, you can't do that with this one. No, you cannot. And what you gave is such a precise surgical reproduction of the plot. I am blown away. Well, th- well, thank you. Uh, I will never do it again. Yeah. No, I understand. Maybe this is what happens. Is I usually give the plots, and then once in a blue moon, when we really need you. You step up and then expend all of your plot energy in one single go. You turn on the bat signal, mm-hmm. the the plot signal, mm-hmm. and I crash in through the windows. I screech the plot into a microphone, and then I run away <laughs> uh, only, only to come back when I'm needed. Yeah. Well, Sam, all that being said, uh, we have to answer a very important question, and that is, Sam, what did you think of this movie? Luke, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. A whole lot happens. Not all of it makes sense. And I fucking loved it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes. so goddamn good, man. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. It's very <laughs> funny. It kept me guessing. The performances are fucking stellar and and i don't mean just from like babs and ryan o'neill though yes but i mean everyone Mm -hmm. the croatian guy with the absurd accent Mm -hmm. uh the the front desk clerk who gave me some real nazi vibes when at the end of the episode or movie he uh he wanted to go to South America, yeah. like a lot of Germans hey, did. Hey, do you have any plane tickets to uh, to Rio? I think is something what he's, <laughs> uh-huh. he says. And <laughs> yeah. Do you have any plane tickets to Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, you're not kidding. Join in your brethren. Basically, everybody in this movie is firing on all comedic cylinders, and the writing yes. is so snappy and so mm-hmm. well written. I mean. I wrote in my notes, it had to be a maze to write this movie. Like, oh my just God. a labyrinthine process to actually keep everything square. And yeah, I, I cannot imagine because some of the exchanges even, just like individual exchanges, mm-hmm. like um, the one that really stood out to me was uh, when Ryan O'Neill is talking to the, uh, the hotel manager. Mm-hmm. That exchange, just that single exchange was so complex and so like brilliantly worded where um you know he's like oh uh you know as the hotel manager's like you know we're we're asking you to leave uh ryan o'neill's just very like quick quippy kind of dialogue it's it's fucking great Mm -hmm. yeah and that's i don't know this this movie gave me real like so I, I understand that it's an homage to like 30s and 40s comedies, um, mm-hmm. which had snappy dialogue, but it almost reminds yeah. me too of like an Arrested Development or an Archer in that the dialogue yeah. is so punchy and rapid fire. Like there are all these little like Babs especially is the queen of just injecting these little like responses yes. to things. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit, it's good. And you know what? Especially after some of the movies we've seen recently. It is such a treat to show up to a movie that is like yes. meticulously crafted and mm-hmm. so well written. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, some shade thrown on Doom. I was gonna say no shade on Doom, <laughs> but some shade on Doom yeah, compared definitely to Doom. Some sh- 
specifically do because it has honestly some of the worst writing yeah i've come up against for sure i mean granted it's a different vehicle it's trying to do different things but just like yeah man it is so nice to show up to something that's well thought out and well written and genuinely funny i had a phenomenal yes. time with this um, yeah i was laughing so much yeah uh also a rarity for us i don't think we've ever have we ever watched a movie that had a g rating before um did splash maybe and i also thought maybe saving mr banks but i think that was a pg rating yeah i could see that one being pg yeah yeah man i don't know that we have because splash had a lot of boobage it for did a G but rating. you know it was the 80s yeah and that was so you could <laughs> i mean you could show assholes with arms in them yeah and get like a pg in the 80s yeah you could i mean i'm pretty sure ghostbusters was a level below g and that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, quite a racy film that had a ghost blow job. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the sequel, Ghost Bustin', <laughs> uh, which is just <laughs> honestly, it is pornography. And, and yet it was PG. Yeah, it was the 80s, man. Everyone was high on coke. There were no standards. None, mm. none whatsoever. But but look, this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. God damn it it made me like it it made me almost like wistful Mm. because they just do not make like you know you you single out like uh uh, arrested development and um an archer but to a degree they just do not make flicks like this anymore no yeah for sure i mean it's kind of like what we experienced with early tom hanks like this is a scored movie for one which Mm -hmm. is Always a great time out. Um, the pacing on it is, despite the fact that it's rapid fire, is a little bit slower overall. A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, ev- everything is happening very quickly, but it isn't... Uh, like, we spend a fair amount of time running through San Francisco, and there's a real... I'll put it to you this way. There's a real focus on the individual gags. Like... Yes. I'll give you an example, and that is when they're going through San Francisco, they are it's the classic. There's two guys carrying a huge plane of pane mm-hmm. of glass, and there's a guy on a huge ladder putting up a banner in the middle of San Francisco. And so there's like you said, three cars and a bike. And so the bike and the three cars all barely miss the ladder, all barely miss the pane of glass. They have to turn around and come back. So we repeat this another time. And then finally, somebody knocks the ladder. The guy swings off of the banner and slams into the pane of glass. It is it is the perfect gag edging. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. Just like they, they are not afraid to tease you. Like, you know that it's coming. You know that somebody's going to smash yeah. into the pane of glass. Um, and, and every time it's like, uh-uh, not this way. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not going to happen this way. No. Oh, oh almost we almost got you yeah and then the great part is it happens in a way that you don't necessarily expect mm-hmm. where it's not a car blasting through the the pane of glass but it is the man on the ladder who gets knocked off r- rides down on the banner and smashes through the mm-hmm. glass exactly it's a good twist on it mm-hmm. it's subverting expectations which is such a good rule of thumb for comedy you know you set up a gag and then you subvert whatever yes. people were expecting i don't know it's just it's a level of dedication to individual gags, especially the slapstick, um, that we just don't see 
a whole lot of anymore. I don't know how you would. I don't think this movie would play well uh, to modern audiences, honestly. Um, or it would be yeah, hard. It would be hard to get it greenlit. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be hard to sell a movie like this where some of the key characters like don't speak for the longest time. Like mm-hmm. the spy that that starts the movie has like maybe three lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, hey, you did out. You did leave out one pretty critical part of this movie though in your plot uh-huh. summary, and I think genuinely this is the only thing you left out. Okay. And it is. The Babs and Ryan O'Neill fuck at a construction site. They do fuck at a construction site. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I forget where exactly that slots in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, by the time I got to the end of the plot, when they're on the plane, I was like, they have fucked. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't quite remember where. Yeah, or at least it's heavily implied because there's, again, there's a great gag where they're on the floor making out and then uh ryan o'neill says something about how babs or not babs about how his fiance um should be the first or at least the second and then we Mm -hmm. cut away then there's a painter who walks in with a lit cigar in his mouth and again they didn't have to put in this gag they did it just purely because it's a good gag guy walks in lit cigar sees something that makes Mm -hmm. him drop the cigar into the paint bucket that he's holding um and I like to think mm-hmm. it was Barbara Streisand pegging the shit out of Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> Given her personality in this movie, a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure that's what she was doing. And his. Yeah. Because he's very submissive in this. Oh, yeah. Dude does not strike me as, as carrying a lot of uh, top energy mm-hmm. into this movie. No, she's pegging him and calling him Steve the whole time. Yes, yes, which would in fact make a, uh, I mean, if you're a painter, you're going about your day painting, you turn a corner, you're just sort of thinking about, I don't know, the Yankees or whatever. Well, I guess this mm-hmm. is, the, you're thinking about the Giants. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden you see just Bab Streisand just pegging the absolute shit out of Ryan O'Neill's bare ass. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to surprise saying- you. And saying, take it, Steve. Mm -hmm. Take it, Steve, you little bitch. (laughs) And he's loving it. Oh, he's loving every second. He's turgid. Uh, Just, just pulsing. Yeah. Um, God, I, I just, I love this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, another scene I just absolutely loved was, um, the guy who is trying to steal the jewels has been told to stall the old lady mm-hmm. uh, while she's making her way up and and is told to use his charm. And instead, he just blatantly fucking trips her in the middle of the lobby mm-hmm. and then continue like, helps her up and then trips her again. And then is shown to just continue to just essentially assault this old woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's something about it just fucking got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable i laughed a lot at this movie um, yes it's so funny so i guess thank you tuck for bringing a little bit of joy into our yes. lives for once thank you so much i mean we've just we've got so many good like fuck we've got ryan o'neill saying that the 
the bubble bath water came out of the faucet that way. Mm-hmm. It's just, fuck, man. This movie gives and gives and gives and gives. But I do, I do have some questions. Okay. I'm ready to provide what answers I have. Okay. One is, frankly, less a question and more a comment. Okay. Which is that at the beginning of this movie, Babs looks like uh, they shoved her off the set of Yentl and just gave her a new shirt. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's, that's not a question for sure. It is not. Yeah. I'll make it a question. Do you think that's what they did? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I can yeah. yes and that for sure. I think yeah, they, they shoved called- her out of a moving car straight off the set <laughs> and we're like go 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 we got film stock rolling baby let's do this do this god damn um okay so during the banquet mm-hmm. the the first banquet howard turns to the screen barrels the camera and says help mm-hmm. <laughs> how can we help howard I think by pegging the absolute shit out of him. Now, I think that's the only way. Yeah, no, hear me out. Because at the beginning of this movie, he, he reminds me a lot of, and Howard, by the way, is Ryan O'Neill's character. Um, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, he reminds me a lot of the classic, like, absent-minded, super academic professor type. Because mm-hmm. um, he is a doctor of music. Um, and he's a little... He he and his fiance both are a little uptight, is how yes. I would describe it. They're they're or just straight laced. I think is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout the movie, we start to see that there's a, there's an attraction to Babs, who has a big old wild streak, is a oh, bit of a yeah. wild card. So I think what he needs most is just to be let loose, to be you know shake his hair down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, really go with the flow. And I don't think there's a better way to do that than to make him take every single inch of a big, powerful strap. Oh, uh, yeah. Over and over uh, until he is he and everyone else is fully satisfied. Yeah. No, no better way to shake that hair down than to ream his asshole out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think if we could have just queued that up maybe halfway through the dinner, I mean, I think he would have had the confidence to walk they could have done it under room. the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's a great scene where they're under the table talking and everybody else joins them under the table. They're like, hey, what's up, guys? Yes. That would have been... We could have played that scene exactly the same. They're just going to town under their hammer and tongs, yeah. if you will. Uh- <laughs> and everybody else just sort of joins and is like, oh, okay, yeah, I could watch this for a little bit. And you know who at that table particularly would have enjoyed that scene? Mm-hmm. Who? Randy fucking Quaid. Oh, Randy Quaid for sure. Because he was at that table, and you know he would have been like, hell yeah, get it. Mm-hmm, get it, man. Um, Give it to him. Another great gag, actually. So while they're all under the table, we cut away to a server, and I guess the the operator, the managing operator of this catered event, uh-huh. who turns to the server and is like, what wine are you serving at table one? <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Um. Okay, I've got uh, I've got another question. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with the judge? Okay, I wrote in my notes the same thing because this judge is very ill. 
with something very sick yeah so basically the judge is taking like a plethora of pills and cough syrup and he says at one point you know what this yellow pill is for and the bailiff is like what and he's like it's to remind me to take this blue pill Um, and then the bailiff asks what's the blue pill for mm -hmm. and i believe he says they won't even tell me yes Yeah, so something is up with this judge. Now, Sam, I have some theories, but I'm really curious to hear what you think is going on with him. So I've got two. Mm -hmm. I've got two theories. One is uh, that he's actually the first person who had COVID. All the way back in 1971. Yeah, Mm. yeah, so he actually, he's patient zero. Um, and all the medicine was to just keep it contained to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it just so happened that in 2019, he was he happened to be traveling in China and he forgot his pills. Yeah, and that's what happened. Uh, so that's guess number one. Okay, it's a good guess. It's a real educated guesstimate that one. Mm-hmm. Guess number two is the. The pill that he doesn't know what it does mm-hmm. is a is a blue pill. Now, I know that there is a little blue pill known as Viagra. Mm. And I think this guy's chomping down Viagra. Mm-hmm. And the fact that most of his blood is now contained solely in his extremely hard cock, mm-hmm. that uh, it has sort of lowered his immune function and he's got kind of a cold based on too much cock blood. Yeah. Uh and so so he's kind of it's it's a multi kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a house episode. There's multiple diagnoses yeah. going on he's all got, at once. He's got a a just pulsating purple, like real dark purple because mm. it's it's been hard for decades. <laughs> and uh it Sort of a, a George Lazenby type. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, you know, it's up the sort of buttons behind his judge's robe, mm-hmm. uh, tucked into the shirt collar, just like George Lazenby. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I he, he just can't stop taking it because, again, the doctors can't tell him, but if he stops taking it, so much blood will rush back into his body that he'll actually pop. Yeah. Well, it's a theory. I'll give it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. Now, what I think is going on, because if you look at the judge, if you just look at him, uh, mm-hmm. if you just look at him for half a second, you'll notice that he's got he's got some hair loss. A um, little, yes. But I would say the the turf that's there is fighting back. It is fighting oh. real hard to maintain its its status on top of his head. So what I think has gone wrong here is that they've given him some very experimental rug regeneration drugs. Oh, no. And things have gone horribly wrong. And if he doesn't take this precise combination of pills and uh, syrups basically constantly, then uh, the hair will overwhelm him and kill him. <laughs> Just, like, grow into his brain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it's it's <laughs> weapons-grade hair, and it will invade his skull if he doesn't keep it at bay. Sort of uh, the military's Rogaine. Yeah. (laughs) 
In fact, I think this was developed by the military specifically uh, to see if you could weaponize hair, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, they were... Shit, what were we doing in 72? Uh, maybe some MK Ultra shit was yeah, happening. You know what? That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking is wrong with this judge. Because uh, he is very ill and there's a nice little gag where he keeps banging his gavel down on his drugs and like pulverizing them Um, yeah yeah and you know quite honestly given the cocktail why can't it be all three oh now this is an interesting idea that you've brought to the table yes yeah so he has covid uh <laughs> hold on, hold on, Luke. Mm-hmm. We got to be serious about this. Mm-hmm. This this man is suffering. Yeah, yeah, and he needs our diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> he has COVID, a priapism, and he's fighting back weapons grade <laughs> <hair> regeneration. <laughs> how does this man sleep at night you have to wonder he can't (laughs) that's what some of the drugs are for (laughs) if he falls asleep uh his his body starts generating too much hair yeah uh and and it just goes right in so so he's got to stay up all hours of the night. Man, this, this Here's judge. a wild thing. Mm-hmm. He's actually 22. <laughs> <laughs> he's the youngest person ever to graduate from uh, law school in the city of San Francisco. He's a real Doogie Hauser type. Yeah, it's just... He's a, just so sick. Yeah, he's so ill that he looks like he's 72. <laughs> Oh, man, this poor judge. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of what exactly is bothering him. Um, yes. I'm sorry to hear all of that. You know, that definitely sucks. That's not a great combination of things to be sick with. I mean, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, he he does go on to, to star in uh, Blazing Saddles. Mm, yeah, that's true. Once he's gotten all of his, these conditions sort of under control. Um, yeah. 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 One- one good porno worked it all out for him. <laughs> uh, speaking of, actually, a lot of people in this movie were in Blazing Saddles. Really? Who else was in Blazing Saddles? Uh, so it's the judge who played the the priest in Rock Ridge. Uh, and then the uh, hotel manager actually played, I believe, the mayor of Rock Ridge. Mm. Uh, and then Madeline Kahn. Uh, went on to to be uh let's see i believe she worked for hedy lamar mm. yeah all right no, no wait no headley lamar mm. that's right yeah it's been so long since i've seen blazing saddles i wouldn't have recognized any of these people uh oh, yeah but i'll take well, your word for it you know i grew up watching blazing saddles mm-hmm which explains a lot. Yes, it does. Yes, it does indeed. But man, it's 
This also was Madeline Kahn's debut appearance. Really? Yeah. That's Buck Wild. And she's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I love Madeline Kahn. Yeah, she really sells the role as, uh, and this is, you're talking about Howard, Ryan O'Neill's uh, actual fiance. Yeah, Eunice. Eunice, yes, that was her name. Uh, I mean, she really sells this role as this sort of easily upset, very loud when she's upset. Uh, yes. Like, there's there's a lot of screaming involved in this role, and she does such a fantastic job with that, and that's not mm-hmm. easy, committing to no. those kinds of bits. No, she she pulls off, uh, I mean, like, she does a great job with the role because she plays essentially this, like, proto-Karen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's also still likable. Yeah, for sure. You're not rooting against her. No. Uh, even if never. you're rooting for, for Babs and Ryan O'Neill to get together, which I think I was throughout this film, uh, just because oh, I, yeah. I love their dynamic and they have such great chemistry yes. together. For sure. Uh, but you're definitely well, not rooting against Eunice. No. And, like, Babs is so clearly good for, for Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you just see him get better. But um, I got to tell you, I haven't seen young Babs in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Boy, she is a looker. She is a real looker, my friend. And those, those silky pipes. I mean, she's bringing oh. a lot to the table. The pipes. Mm-hmm. The pipes. God. Damn. The pipes, they are a calling, for sure. Man, Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Luke, would you like some IMDb facts? I would genuinely love and adore some IMDb facts, because I feel like there's going to be a rich vein of information here. Dude, you, it's, it's fucking wild. I skimmed them, mm-hmm. and they are incredible. So, um, uh, this is actually the first American film to credit stunt people. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. So I guess before this, they just didn't credit any of the stunt people? Mm -mm, Not in the credits anyway. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, well, in the first British film to do it was James Bond's Moonraker in 79. That seems so, like way too late. Yeah, and there are a lot of stunts in this. I mean, like, just the car chase, like, kind of third of the movie almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of fucking stunts mm-hmm. and, like, some tough shit. They totally earned it. Yeah. Um, But here's a, here's a fucking great one, dude. So the fender bender that uh, Babs causes as she crosses the street to the Bristol Hotel at the beginning mm-hmm. was added on spur of the moment. Whoa. But it, it gets better, man. Mm-hmm. No stunt cars were available. So the director, P- Peter Bogdanovich, instructed a crew member to rent two cars, <laughs> get collision insurance, <laughs> And then crashed the cars and then returned them. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. That's amazing. That is some some weapons grade thinking right there. Right? Fuck. It's such a dick move and I love it. Yeah. Can you also just imagine the the two schmucks that had to show up with those cars? (laughs) 
And they were like, hey, didn't you rent both of these vehicles? And be like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. But and we then got you, the collision insurance. <laughs> and then you crashed them into each other? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Fuck. It's just so good. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so the, the chase scene, um, cost a million dollars to shoot, which was a quarter of the movie's budget, uh, 19 days, 32 stuntmen, and 11 minutes of screen time. That's bonkers. Also worth noting, like you mentioned, this movie only cost $4 million to make. God. It's so cheap. That is so cheap. I don't know if all movies at the time were as cheap, but I think it made $66 million at the box office, something like Fuck that. me. Yeah, off of a $4 million budget. I mean, that's... Jesus. That's bonkers money, and good for them to make this yeah. thing so cheap. Well, shit, just the, the paint of glass scene mm-hmm. took four or five days to film. That I would believe. I mean, that... That shit was complex just to watch. Yes. Uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of near misses. So you can imagine that it was pretty, pretty, pretty challenging. <laughs> uh, okay. So, again, director Peter Bogdanovich, uh, who's, I'm learning, a real fucking rascal. Uh <laughs> Did not get permission from the city of San Francisco to drive cars down the concrete steps in Alta Plaza Park, and they were badly damaged during the filming and still show scars to this day. Hey, I really wondered about this because I'm watching them go down these steps, right? And Mm -hmm. there's clearly some damage done to them. (laughs) Like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, they fucked them up. And so now uh, San Francisco requires productions to provide, uh, along with a filming permit application, a detailed scene-by-scene breakdown of everything they're asking permission to film. That makes sense. Good for them, I suppose, because, yeah, watching that clip, if you can find it on YouTube or something, you should check it out, because the the massive amounts of damage done to this public work is (laughs) inspiring and... (laughs) You got to wonder how they did that. And then we're like, yep. All right. Time to leave now. (laughs) We broke a bunch of shit. All right. Next scene. Next scene. Um, okay. Oh my God. Okay. So the piano scene Mm -hmm. right before the, uh, she, uh, Babs just really reams, uh, Ryan O'Neill out. Yeah. Her singing was live. I mean, that I would believe. I mean, this is Barbara fucking Streisand we're talking about. Yeah. She's an EGOT, Sam. I mean, the woman has everything. Is she really? She is one of a few people to have an EGOT. Yep. Fuck An me. Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Yep. She's got it all. God damn. It was also the starlight roof of the Hilton. Ooh. Now that's it, like, fancy. That was actually being remodeled. It was not a set. Mm-hmm. So maybe the painter wasn't even hired. <laughs> Pro- this was probably just, not. <laughs> this was just a real painter who happened to walk in on this scene, uh, which we did not get the full benefit of seeing. Uh, sort of the the reaming, if you will. Yes. But. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, okay, okay. The delivery boy whose bike uh, was stolen. Mm-hmm. That's Ryan O'Neill's brother. Mm. And uh, the woman that Babs is next to on the plane in the final scene is their mom. <laughs> Just sort of a whole O'Neill family affair, huh? Yeah. Getting them in. Uh, the pizza restaurant uh, that Babs uh, was watching. Uh, that's a real pizza place, and it's still there today, and it's located at Bush Street on the corner of Jones. Hmm. So if you're in the San Francisco area and you want to relive a very small portion of this film, uh, mm-hmm. head on down. Grab you a slice, I guess. And at that pizzeria, you can hear uh, Santa Lucia uh, that's kind of faintly... Uh, like heard coming from the inside Mm -hmm. that is being sung by director peter bogdanovich (laughs) this man he's a real fucking rascal yeah he's up in everything isn't he when he's not wrecking public institutions he's uh he's singing very sweetly so yes what a what a good job Mm um let me see what else is here Sam is exploring the IMDb. The the judge was originally a casting director. Hmm. And Pete Bogdanovich was like, you want to be a judge in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to get the feeling that uh, old Pete over here didn't so much plan this movie, didn't really executive produce it as uh, executive wing it. Just kind of... Rolling with the punches as they came. I really think he just did a whole lot of cocaine and was like, let's shoot a movie. (laughs) Let's get Babs and Ryan O'Neill in here and let's make it fucking happen, man. Uh, okay. So during the car chase, uh, the guy who's in the backseat of the convertible, Mm -hmm. uh, that stuntman was knocked cold when his head hit the awning on the dock just before the car went off. Damn. You know, this is, if you're going to make this caliber of movie, sometimes it does require some James Cameron-esque personal injury. Uh, You're going to sustain, you're going to sustain some (laughs) broken bones. You're going to get some concussions, but it's worth it. God damn it. God damn. Uh, Okay, let's see. Uh, Hugh Simon, the the other guy vying for the grant. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, his language was just made up by the actor, uh, and he was just trying to come up with some sort of interpretation of Serbo-Croatian, which is the native language of, you fucking guessed it, <laughs> Director Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> it, it doesn't stop. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Holy shit, Sam. Oh my god. Let's see. Uh What else do we have? Uh apparently the the shot of the of Babs hanging off the the ledge uh mm-hmm. of the hotel. Uh they actually did hire a stunt woman to dangle off a building in Westwood, California. Now see Pete, that one just seems unsafe. It does. It very much does. But it doesn't say that anything happened to that stunt woman, so That's I good. assume it's okay. And she got a credit, bless her. So, that she did. 
Let me think. Oh, is there anything else? If not, that's all right. That's uh, that is a There's treasure trove of IMDb facts. There are so many. I honestly, I'm just looking for the name Peter Bogdanovich now. Yeah, that's a good you, strategy. You know it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Next, you're gonna tell me that he like, like ran through the set with 15 cigarettes stuffed up his ass to like inspire <laughs> the crew for some reason, and it worked. Uh, well, apparently Kenneth Mars, who played Hugh Simon, uh, ad-libbed basically all his lines. Hmm. He did a damn impressive job, actually. He did. Apparently, drove Pete crazy, but, uh, after watching the dailies, he was like, no, fucking keep with it. Nice. Oh, man, you know you're a loose cannon when old Pete thinks you're a loose cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When Pete's like, well, god damn it, fucking... Jesus, calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, you got you got any other juicy nuggets, or should we uh, maybe move on from the old, the old IMDb cache? Uh, well, the twenty thousand uh, dollar music research grant that uh, he's awarded is equal to over one hundred thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty one money. Jesus Christ, that yeah. is so much more money than I expected. Yeah. Boy, inflation's a real bitch, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, 71 was a long time ago, but it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. No, and then, because the, uh, uh, the old lady with all the jewels is rattling off um, how much, like, everything costs, and it was, like, multiple cars. For, like, and 20, like 2500 a pop, basically. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you crashed one car, that was twelve hundred bucks. You crashed two other cars, that's thirty-eight hundred bucks. And it's like, what the fuck? I mean, like, yeah, the the cars were screaming metal death traps back then, but still. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of amazing to see. I did think about this to see stunt work involving cars during this time period, because as you've pointed out, these things were basically refrigerators on wheels. They are not safe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so any amount of damage is going to give you whiplash, a severe concussion, and may cripple you for life. So, yeah, break every bone in your body. Yeah. Just from Jesus. the lightest fender bender. You're, there are no <laughs> safety standards at play here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the Pinto. You tap it and it blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Man. Well, Dan, do you have any other facts? Uh, if not, I do have a question for you. No, I'm I'm all out of facts. Okay. Then it's time to enter the world of speculation because, Sam, one of these overnight bags, these plaid overnight bags, contains a bunch of files, and all we really mm-hmm. see is that one of them is labeled top secret. Uh, yes. And there's clearly a whistleblower who's trying to get this information to the public, and there's another federal officer trying to track him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, what do you think is in those files? So, huh. I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the Pentagon Papers. Oh, damn. Really? We're right around that time, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, for sure. We're, like, right up in it. Yeah. Yeah. And because cause the guy who originally had him says uh, at, in the courtroom 
the people need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking it's some sort of expose like that. Yeah. Uh, what What were you thinking? So I'm thinking it is a detailed account of JFK's sex life. That's better. Yeah. That's infinitely better, man. Yeah, I think down to the minute over the entire course of his presidency. And I think maybe one of the files is about how the CIA killed JFK or whatever. Yeah, something, something like that. But the, the best part is like an exact volumetric measure of yeah. uh, his ejaculate. Yeah, and I think this is all sponsored by J. Edgar Hoover. I think mm-hmm. he was he was pretty concerned about what the president was getting up to in the old canoodling department. Uh, and so the guy chasing him is from the Secret Service. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Trying to protect the dignity of the late, great JFK. Uh, there you go. Because it is, it is explicit, folks. I think mm-hmm. it goes into extreme detail. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, it is pleasant. I mean, it's a great read, I think. Oh, yeah. Which is why the it's public a- needs to know. It's a real horny read. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll it'll get your motor running. Yeah. Uh, and and you know honestly, if you put that out to the public, productivity's coming to a halt. <laughs> honestly, though, if you were to do this in the modern day, twenty twenty one, to release a graphic biography of detailing JFK's sex life, I do think, in fact, that there would be huge amounts of people that would just not be working until oh, they had yeah. fully devoured said work. Yeah, I know. I would I would not work a fucking second until I finished just taking in every single letter mm-hmm. of that report. Yeah. Finding out what kind of nasty shit old JFK was into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what I think is going on. Um... Yeah, Sam, do you have any other random thoughts about this movie? Just fucking thank you, Tuck. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. Fuck, this was good. This really was, like I said, a very welcome departure from sort of, uh, you know, we don't always watch the best movies in the world. Um, yeah, you might even say we mo- watch mostly shitty movies. Yeah, so it was it was quite nice to watch something that AFI has listed as one of the funniest movies ever made. Um, yeah. So pretty pretty good time out. Pretty goddamn good. Um, yeah, I mean, I I basically don't have uh, the only thing was that servidor uh, at the hotel was really. Uh, fascinating to me. Now, what is this? So it was the door within the door to the hotel room. Oh yeah, where they like hung his dry cleaning or whatever. Yeah, that's some buck wild shit. Yeah, I've never seen that in person before. Huh? Uh, never. Mm-mm. Uh, it seems pretty convenient. Yeah. So I kind of don't know why we did away with them, but goddamn, it was cool. Yeah, maybe it was bef- you know a time before. Uh, you know, humanity took a nosedive and maybe you couldn't do it now because everyone would just steal all the shit out of the yeah, door. That's uh, possible. Yeah. Would you have wanted the sandwich that Babs ordered? No. And I did think about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Babs orders a double thick roast beef with mustard on top. And what mm-hmm. else? What else went into the sandwich? Wasn't it like mayo on the bottom? That sounds right. Let me um, see if I can't find it in the quotes. Yeah. 
while you're looking um, no I would not want this sandwich and it's because that is entirely too much roast beef and roast beef and I have a very uh, very spurious relationship where I don't trust that it will actually like be chewable sometimes it's very tough or very fatty uh, I'm not into it most of the time so mm. no thank you to this double thick roast beef but if if you could be ensured that it was good quality roast beef mm. then I would 100% chow down I think yeah man there are a lot of quotes in this movie huh <laughs> Yeah, good luck finding the specific Sando-related one. Yeah, I mean, I could just do... You know what I'm going to do? Control-F roast. Well, it helps if I spell it right. <laughs> no, they don't Nothing. They don't have it. Nothing, Nothing, huh? Well, I think we got we got the spirit of the Sando, um, which would make an excellent uh, title for this one, actually. The uh, spirit the, of the Sando? The spirit of the Sando. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I got. Nice. I just I just had a good fucking time, man. Yeah, same here. This was a great watch. Uh pretty good way to spend a chunk of my Saturday and uh mm-hmm. thank you again, Tuck, although it is kind of uh it scares me that you currently have the only voting power. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you keep serving us up stuff like this, that is a okay, my man. That's true. But I, I worry the power is gonna go to your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, soon we get some other uh, top tier folks up in the Patreon that can contest you. Uh, but until then, if you're gonna continue to be this kind to us, I don't think it's gonna be a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. Fuck. I'll watch this again. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I think so, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Big Cock Tuck, uh, for, for giving us money on the Patreon. And if anyone else ended up giving us money, thank you uh, so very much uh, for, for kicking us some cash. Uh, but uh, we'll be back, I don't know. <laughs> when we feel like it. <laughs> it's the Patreon, baby. There are no rules. No rules, just right. It's the outback. <laughs> um Yeah, so at the very latest it'll be next month. But I don't know, maybe maybe we'll put something out before then. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, man? Alright. Well, thanks folks. We'll see ya. <laughs>